a comedy game design podcast by two guys who know nothing about comedy nor game design. I'm your host today, Trevor Scott, and with me, as always, is your co-host, Ben Slinger. Yeah, we we just trade that co back and forth each week. Throw it, throw it back, keep away. Hi, I'm here. Yes. <laughs> uh, and we have a bit of a different episode for you this week. This will be our third annual Game of the Year episode. Yes, a Game of the Year with a difference. These games don't exist. Yeah. Like all our games. Yeah, well, that's it. We Someone can't, we can't make- do real games on our fake game podcast. So, what we've done is we put it out to Twitter and to the Australasian Gaming Podcast Network group to send us some pitches for games that, if they had existed, would have been their game of the year. Uh, and so, we've got a bunch of them. We've got about 10, uh, 10 to go through. So, thank you to everybody who- who sent those in very, very promptly. I only uh, put the call out a few hours ago, so that was great to see. And uh, mm-hmm. we will go through those today and you will see your games come to life. Yes, and hopefully we'll get it all done in one episode. If not, there'll be an extra special part two next week. Yeah, or something, <laughs> or a bonus in the middle. I don't know. We'll see what we do. We'll see what, how, how long it takes. Uh, okay, so. So I think we're going to start on Facebook, I think you said. Yeah, Facebook. Okay, let's go with Matt Tilby, fugitive married couple on the run. All right. He knows it's six, but whatever. <laughs> yeah, I asked for three to five words, and that's six. But So, disqualified. No, just kidding. Uh, you're a fugitive married couple on the run. I, li- I like this a lot. Uh, so, I'm, I'm picturing, I immediately thought of kind of a, almost a Flame in the Flood style procedural, like, roguelike sort of thing. Ooh. Yep, I like it. We sort of starting off like you, you you're in the car, and it's not like a it's not a racing game, obviously. You're but you start off driving, and you can sort of choose to pull off at petrol stations or grocery stores or whatever to get supplies and um you know fill up on on petrol. But obviously, that you run the risk of being recognised and and different things. So yeah, I mean Bonnie and Clyde are, are all over the news at the moment, so of course that's going to happen. You know, people are going to recognise them. Yeah, exactly, exactly. Uh, <laughs> so I, let let's think of uh, like I, I guess you've got the driving bits. What happens when you when you get out of the car? Like, is are we talking sort of isometric ish? It could even be yeah, like I, I'm- XCOM style. Could be interesting, like mixing real time driving, but then when you uh, when you get out, it's sort of well, I'm thinking. It's given me because, and part of this is the driving and just the general tone. It's given me a bit of a dead static drive feel. Oh, definitely. But I think when shit goes down, then you go into tactical combat. Okay. Yep. Yep. I like because I like the idea of just a modern like style, a contemporary. Suck. Yeah. Well, a contemporary. (laughs) A contemporary. No, but I don't know whether you heard, but a brand new game came out by the maker of XCOM, and it sucked. Oh, okay. (laughs) Yeah. Uh, I don't remember what it was called, and I don't think anyone else does. So, let, let's have a think about how we could maybe bring the narrative stuff back into it. Because, obviously, you know, in XCOM, you do get attached to your soldiers, but if they die, then you can choose to continue. I think in this situation, I think you, maybe you can choose to continue if, like, your spouse, your partner dies, but- Yeah, but you're at a severe disadvantage then. Well, either you you're can't. at a severe disadvantage or you- Basically, and then now you're on a suicide. Like mm-hmm. now you are enraged, and you actually like in combat get more action points, and 
this sort of thing. But uh, I don't know. Maybe you you've like only you got the one character to move. You've <laughs> only got the one. You can't flank anyone. You can't take cover. Perhaps. Like you, you, there are certain limitations around how you can play then, because your character now is just yeah on on a spree on an actual spree. Yeah. Okay. So is this a um, sort of like flame in the flood where every time that you start up a run. Like you're basically seeing how how many days you can get away from you can run away from the cops for, and basically yeah. try to either that or you've actually got a goal maybe a bit more like FTL where you just have well, to make I it think through. Your goal is you're trying to get to Mexico. Yeah, I think you're trying to cross the border either Mexico or Canada. Yeah. Um. Um. And procedurally generated, you know, you can sort of choose which way you're going. Um, yeah, or maybe you could just get to choose right off the bat, north or south, and you get some slightly different challenges and different scenery yeah. and things depending if you're heading up to Canada or down to Mexico. Yeah. I like that we, like, start in the US because we're such a fucking US-centric media media influence, but I guess it's probably oh, yeah, hard in yeah. Australia. Us being in- Because you're just going to go out into here the Here in the middle of bloody- um, Here in the middle of Melbourne, and, yeah, we're very US-centric. <laughs> <laughs> but it does provide sort of um, for a better story there. They've got borders on either side. <laughs> what are you going to exactly. do for us? Find a fucking boat. <laughs> <laughs> you can sa- you can go south to get on a boat and go to go to Antarctica, or you can go north. <laughs> Tassie's a different country, right? <laughs> yeah. Or you can go north and go to Indonesia, or you can go um, east and go to New Zealand, or you can go west and you can go to fucking like, Africa eventually. Africa eventually. <laughs> yeah. uh, no, I like I like that a lot, and I like that that gives it a bit more. Yeah, like stakes almost. So yeah, you you start off, you choose north or south. And then, yeah, as you go, you may, you may even start off with, like, random amount of money. Obviously, a, you know, a, a reasonable amount based on you've, you've presumably done some heists. Yeah, I, I think what's actually- what actually happens is in the intro video, basically, you- um, Bonnie and Clyde are exiting, like, a bank with lots of money, and they jump into their car and they take off. Yeah. And then you get to basically a T intersection, and one goes north, one goes south. Yeah, and that's yeah, yeah. Where that, the game that's sort of well. Okay, I think the game starts even earlier. In that, again, based on the random seed, based on the procedural generation, you do get this kick-ass. Uh, you get this kick-ass like bank scene, and it introduces the characters. But the characters are randomly generated too. So you could get yeah, you could get a Bonnie and Clyde type, or you could get a Bonnie and Jennifer type, right? <laughs> 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 so, but but yeah, I just I like mean, it. but I, I, I'm I'm picturing this idea with these like cool camera angles. It's like all in engine, and like one of them slides over the top of the like the bank counter, and you get the like freeze frame with the name that comes up, and the name's mm-hmm. randomly generated too, and their look is randomly generated, and then yeah, like that it cuts around to the other person who's like got the their shotgun or whatever, and they pull the mask off as they're leaving, and then it like freeze frames on there, and it's like Jennifer. And then they get in the car and drive off, and then yeah, you take you take your your, your left or, right, or your right turn north or south, and then the game begins. And and maybe you've even mm-hmm. got a bit of. I wonder, do you think you've got a bit of like arcadey get away from the cops style stuff in there too while you're driving? Oh yeah, oh yeah. yeah. You got you got a um, you've got like the typical Grand Theft Auto star meter, and you know you got to stay away from the cops, hide underneath like a bridge or something like that. And as you see them all go by, I just wonder: like, does that come in? Is that tactical as well, or is that real time? Um, could be like semi-tactical. Mm. Uh, a little bit easier to get away from the cops in in that than what it is in the um in Grand Theft Auto. Yeah, yeah, yeah. In the fact that they seem to be able to see even the like the smallest corner of your fucking. No, car. no. I think I think you want to make it a bit more systems based, where 
you can tell that you're hidden, right? Like, particularly if it is a bit more tactical, maybe mm-hmm. maybe it's that you kind of get, like, you drive forward for a few seconds and sort of get the lay of the land, and then you've just, you've got one second to make a decision of, like, turn left, go straight, turn right, or, like, if there's a certain piece of scenery, like a bridge or whatever, it's like, okay, go into the bridge. Um, but you need to make mm-hmm. sure- like the, dis- the decision that you make, if the cops are too close behind you, like going to the bridge now is just going to mean you, you get busted. Um, so it's sort yep. of, it's sort of lose line of sight of the cops by making the right decision in these. And look, I think, I think maybe it takes like 10 decisions or something on average yep. to get rid of the cops. And then it's sort of, all right, now we're heading out onto the highway. That's really cool. That That's is, really fun. That I really like that cool. a lot. All right, we'd, we'd better move on, though, because, yeah, we've got a lot of these to get through, which is awesome. So, thank you to Matt Tilby from One Perfect Game. So, go check out One Perfect Game because it's an awesome podcast. Absolutely. All right, and we'll move on to our next one. I think we'll take this one from Facebook, too. Yes. And this one is from our friend of the podcast. Well, they're all friends of the podcast, but our previous guest on the podcast, John O'Peck, and he has given us The Spy and the Maven, which is also the title of his book, uh, which I- Sorry to say, I've not read yet. So it's probably good because we'll be going in fresh. <laughs> yes, I have not read it either. Um, it is on my Kindle. I really, <laughs> I, I really do need to read it. Sorry, Jono. Um, I promise that we'll read it by the time this actually comes out. There you go. <laughs> but that gives us a a fresh a, a, fr- a fresh uh, insight into this title. Uh, now, I I had to look up Maven. I did know some mm-hmm. sort of somewhat what it, you know generally in context, but basically it's like a, someone who's at top of the field or like a connoisseur in something in a particular field. Mm-hmm. So, and then obviously you've got the spy. So you've got yep. the spy, and then someone who is at the top of their field or, or a connoisseur of their field. Do you think they are a connoisseur of spycraft? <laughs> the video game by Activision. Yeah, yeah exactly. <laughs> That's the only thing they know. They know endless, <laughs> endless trivia about Activision Spycraft. <laughs> no, uh, no, that's okay. Let's let's just have a quick read of the synopsis. No, none of the book. Oh, so we're just we're just taking the words. We're just taking the the, 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 the pitch, the title. Yeah. What did you say Maven was again? A trusted expert in a particular field. Okay. What field is he- Well, that's what I was trying to- yeah. So, I was saying maybe Spycraft, as in- Because we've got the spy and we've got the Maven. So, maybe, like, this, you play the spy trying to, like, impress someone who is, like, top of their field or something. Or, like, maybe this person- <laughs> Maybe the maybe this person is, like, a secret shopper for spies. <laughs> As in, like, they'll insert themselves into their missions and then critique their work. <laughs> and so- Okay, so, a, yeah. myst- a mystery shopper who, who like, infiltrates the, um, the like, bad guys to, to basically investigate how they fight against the bad guys. <laughs> yeah, well, no, well, yeah, perhaps, yeah, exactly, something like that. Like, I was basically thinking- Okay, you've got like the CIA or whatever, and they're doing spy shit, but they send this person in to check on how good their spies are, doing, right? Just like, just like fucking Maya might send in people who works for them to check on their staff by pretending to be a, a, a shopper. In this mm-hmm. case, maybe they pretend to be a victim or an or a bad guy or whatever, and then they like pull out their red pen at the end, it's like here's all the stuff you did wrong. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so who are you playing? Are you playing? The um the spy trying to impress. I think you'd the maven. have to. I think you'd have to. And so you and I mean at that point you could just kind of 
It, maybe, maybe we're de- maybe now then maybe that means we're designing a spy game that is designed around perfect runs, right? Like, okay, so I, I'm picturing that you get a list of things to do, yep, a la your spy party, right, um, right. But that the the person looking through the camera isn't trying to find find out who you are; they're just analysing whether you did the right thing or not. <laughs> they know exactly <laughs> in the right are. order, and and whether you. Whether you got um, whether you got caught by someone or someone noticed something suspicious while you were doing something, so it, it's right. actually yeah. Well, I th- um, yeah, I think at the end you get a very definite like scorecard. I'm sort of picturing these like handcrafted scenarios, like levels, maybe like a third person ish. You know, not as slow as like Sam Fisher, but but still very much around. Almost a. Uh, um, did you play, uh, fuck, what was Clea, Clea, K-L-E-I, their, um, 2D spy game? Uh, Ninja Game, Ninja Game, it was a Ninja Game, but anyway, it, it was very good around how you handled, like, how they handled showing the player whether you had been heard or were, like, what, what, you, what would happen, sorry, what you needed to do to, to be heard, like, or to not be heard. Mm-hmm. So, I'm kind of thinking that, but maybe in 3D, um- and that you've just sort of got these, like, yeah, you've got these handcrafted levels where, yeah, you've got your bunch of tasks. And if you want, you can just run through it and do your tasks. You might still succeed and not die. But then you'll get a fucking F at the end. Like, you'll get, you'll get a big <laughs> red stamp on your thing. And it's like, you know, sneakiness, zero. Fucking, you know, didn't get shottedness. One. (laughs) (laughs) Accidental killing. Yeah. Yeah. Because you didn't- Wait, because you didn't accidentally kill anyone? Yes. Yeah, okay. (laughs) Uh, You maimed someone, but you didn't kill them, so- (laughs) So, yeah, and then- Because then I'm sort of thinking almost the speedrun crowd, or not quite the speedrun necessarily, although you probably- There's probably a timing aspect in there, too. Um, But it's very much one of those, all right, you know, what's the high score you can get on this level? Oh, I got an S rank, or what? Yeah, whatever. Um, big- or what, what's the what's the quickest I can get through it without actually failing? <laughs> yeah, well, even then, if it, it might just be, you, yeah, maybe there's a, a a leaderboard for just doing it fast, even if you're seen yep. or whatever. But I think the general thing is getting the best score you can possible on all your different spy factors, and yep. yeah, you've got this person who. <laughs> And maybe throughout the level, you, like, spot them in windows and stuff. Like, you get a glint of their binoculars or you see them, like, on a, on a, uh, you know, as, as you're going through the tunnels, you just, you, you turn down, like, the vents. You turn down one vent and they're there just, like, r- taking notes. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Yeah. I think, I think that's pretty, um, pretty good. That's cool. That's cool. I think you can do some stuff with that. I hope we did your title, your book, Justice, Jono. Thanks for sending that in, though. <laughs> Go check out Comedy Rewind and uh, and putting in work and and uh, all, all the other things Jono does and his books. All right. I think maybe let's move over. We got a couple on Twitter as well, so we'll tackle those. I feel like these are actually going to be our most challenging ones. Uh, I did mm-hmm. ask. I did say on Twitter. I did give people permission to send in their pictures as emojis. Uh, so maybe, maybe just cause I've said that now, we'll take one of those first. Yep. And so we'll look at the one, uh, by the, the guys from Game Train sent in another fantastic AGPN, uh, podcast. And, uh, so their pitch is 
Side eyes, eggplant, cricket ball, present, circus tent. <laughs> <laughs> so we might have to kind of, like, obviously this is open for many interpretations. Um, yes. Eggplant, as we know, is generally used to represent Grimace's penis specifically. Yes. Uh, um, circus tent can be pitching a tent. Yeah. Um, uh, yeah. I mean, totally. Sort of goes along well with Gr- uh, Grimace's penis. Grimace pitching um, a tent. Uh, dick in a box. A present dick in a box. Yeah. Yep. Um, bat and balls kind of looks like a, it does a look- weird shaped penis. Yeah. <laughs> a what? A weird shaped penis. Well, uh, it does. It does there. In, in this emoji that I'm looking at. And then, I mean, side eyes. I mean, who wouldn't give side eyes to all of that? So, basically, yeah. you play a pervert. <laughs> you play Grimace oh, flashing. No. That's no. not going to work. All right. Present. Gonna, uh, Christmas. I mean, Chris, it could be Christmassy or, no, well, circus. Why did I ask for emojis? <laughs> <laughs> okay. Okay. Because uh, we kind of took it in that pervert way, how about you're a security guard in like a um in like a uh Ooh, like, like a, a gated neighbourhood? Okay, and pretty much you're you're being asked to go around to um to different people who who are complaining about uh the orgy. Like house. They keep on. Well, no, they 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 hear a noise outside, so you've got to go investigate. Okay. And, and you know you're going round, sort of you drive down this um, this closeted uh, this closet, closet. This gated <laughs> this gated community, and um, you know it's basically almost being a, being a security guard. You're sort of going through maybe the um, maybe it's New Year's Eve. All right, so so we're taking we're taking the eyes as security guard, perhaps because like you've got your eyes mm-hmm. out, and then the other things are kind of things you come across on New Year's Eve. Like it's a bit of a like Harold and Kumar esque, like crazy escapade all in one night, sort of yeah. situation, or like a dude wears my car, where you just got these wacky characters that you come across, and yeah, it's going to involve a bunch of these things, like a bit of a raunchy, bit of a raunchy sex comedy game. Yeah, that's cool. I like that. I like that. So, gameplay wise, uh, I mean, what are we thinking is happening here? Um, I think it's like a first person, like feels a bit like the first person GTA feel. Okay. You know, jump in a car, drive. You're in first person in the car. Yeah, except um, it's uh, it's one of those little like golf buggy security. Yeah, it's a golf buggy yeah. thing. Uh, after each each house that you go to, you know, you got to sort of go either go on around, and you've you've been given sort of like a GPS that you can sort of follow every you know hour or so. You have to go back. To the little uh, gatehouse. Yep. To, to, to like you know, check in. Well, are you the only security guard on? Maybe you could have a bit uh, of bit of dialogue back and forth with like the person in the gatehouse, and they're telling you they're telling you like when they let a car in and stuff, or you get a little text message saying like, "Oh, yep, I I, I let in Mrs. Jones from you know number 70, 77. You know, just keep an eye. Yeah, kind of like the um, oh, what was that game? Was it Firewalk? Uh, yeah, 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 Firewatch. Yeah, Firewatch. Yeah. Uh, kind of like that, where you know you've got your person on the radio who who you stay in contact with. Yeah. Um, but they also they need you to check in every now and again because, like, I'm thinking it's it's kind of like a um a turnkey sort of thing that you both have to be there at a certain time to punch in a code to say, "Yep, we're we're actually still working." Right. Yeah. Okay. 
because it's that it's that level of security. This is like super rich neighborhood area. Yeah. And so, all right. And so, the things you're kind of dealing with are obviously, yeah. I think New Year's Eve. That's that's good. Uh, so you've got a few parties on, and often the complaint's going to be the neighbors coming in from that. But obviously, you get to these parties, and then it's just like, oh, okay, what the fuck is going on here? And I think while you're driving around, like, I, I think it's basically there's five times that you got to head sort of back. Yeah, the gate, um, gatehouse. That sounds good. That's yeah, right. the gatehouse. Yeah. Because it's basically saying that it's you know over five hours that you you're out there. Yeah, it's like it's, it's like the, it's like the eight till. 8 p.m. till 1 a.m. or something. Yeah. In, in, by, the, by the end of it. All right. Yep. I like that a lot. And I like this kind of being like almost this open open world sort of thing, but it's literally just this gated community. Like you, you never go outside the gates. Um, no. But it's it's fairly sprawling. They've got, you know, the tennis courts area. There's a swimming pool. Um, there's, you know, a bunch of different little- The little roads with all their cutesy names and stuff. And yeah, and then you get these calls throughout the evening- and you have to head to the different cul-de-sacs and, yeah. and that sort of All stuff. All right. And so, let's let's have a think about the sorts of things you run into then and see if we can bring in some of these other emojis so we're making a bit more use here. Um, ooh, ooh, ooh. I think there's, there's like, um, this big sort of house where you've got this kid that's home alone. Um, yeah, yeah. And, and you, just, you just sort of- uh, There's a little nod to it and you see, like, throughout the night, like, sometimes there's silhouettes up in, up in the um, <laughs> yeah. upstairs- Windows, but you can see the but strings. You never have to actually go to that house. You never. Okay, it's all. It's always different things. Yeah, yeah. yeah. And it's, it's like it's one house that you expect to have to go to. Yeah, I like that. But you don't. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, I like that. And maybe you even you, you get so. Like at one point in the in the conversation, you like they say like, oh yeah, the people at number you know twenty four A are on, are on hold, like on on a trip. They say you won't have to worry about that. But if you pay yeah. attention, you'll notice that there's activity around that house. <laughs> yeah, I like that. Uh, all right, so I think look, obviously one of the big, one of the classic sort of things you'd probably run into is a big New Year's Eve party where like some fucking rich teenagers or whatever are boozing it up. Um, yeah, but like, let's sort of have a think about what happens there, what like how how that might play out. I think this is where the penis comes in <laughs> at some point. <laughs> And it might just be that, like, maybe you literally get a call of, like, someone just jumped naked off the roof of my next door neighbor's house, right, into the, into the pool. And it's, like, freezing cold because it's in America and it's, like, snow everywhere. Right, yeah, totally. Well, yeah, I mean, it could I, be California. I'm so like, it could be that, warm enough, but, yeah. I'm picturing when you turn up at someone's place and you, and you, you know, sort of point the spotlight out and you see, like, footprints running, walking, like, That's behind cool, the yeah. house- that's like, okay, you know that something's going on down here, so you can maybe investigate that. And Yeah, 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 yeah. And I like the idea, if you, particularly if you, you know, use nice shaders on Unreal Engine or something, you can get some nice, like, sort of that, that the glitter that comes off the snow when you shine a light on it and that sort of thing. You get that looking oh, real right. nice. Yeah, okay. So, I think, you, I think you show up to this- <laughs> Fucking ray chasing, exactly. <laughs> Uh, I think you show up to this, like, fucking rager of a party and, you know, you knock on the door and it's like, shut it down. You think it goes slowly, like, smoothly, quickly, but then as you are walking back to your buggy, you fucking start getting egged. And so, you've got like a, oh, you've yeah. got, like, a little cover shooter section, except you're not shooting, you're just trying to- It's snowballs. <laughs> yes, yeah, snowballs, there you go. And maybe- So, maybe you have to, like- Because obviously, you, there's no there's no fucking shooting or anything. Maybe you've got your little- 
like you've got your phone and you have to get photos. You just all you can do is like identify and report people. <laughs> and so the goal is so the 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 difficulty is you've got to like line up the shot, zoom in enough, get a photo of someone's face before you fucking get hit by a snowball. <laughs> <laughs> It's <laughs> like observe and report the game. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. Exactly. That's all you can. That's all you can do. Uh, um, you do have a nightstick, or you know, some sort of stick that you can pull out for protection for when there's like actually a real, you know, crazy. Yeah, guy or like a fucking skunk or something. Yeah, <laughs> which definitely happens. Um, I'm liking this idea, but I think we should. Well, hang on, because on. I really, I really, I, we will move on. Let's at least think of the, what the, like, quick fire, what the other things could be. The penis didn't even really come into it, that one. I reckon some people are skinny dipping or, like, yep. and again, I know it's freezing, but oh, there's, like- They're, they're in the neighbor's hot tub. Yeah, yeah, like they're, they're, they're naked in the neighbor's hot tub and so you get cold and, yeah, so you, you get a little scene where you, like, shine a light on them and they- And that's that's maybe literally, like, a, they're, like, fuck, you see these fucking wet nude bodies, like, running yep. behind trees and Glistening. stuff, glistening, <laughs> and all you've got is your flashlight. And so, yeah, you're just trying to, like, track them down. Um, okay. The circus tent isn't actually a circus tent. It's one of those tents that they put yes. over houses when they're fumigating them. I was going to say that. Yes, that's exactly what I was going to say. Yeah. And so, you've got a- um, and, and there are reports that there's, like, maybe someone stuck in there or something. Yeah. Uh, I'm thinking, like, there's- And you find out like it's that. just fucking- it's like the it's the old it's actually like the seventy year old couple and they're just in their fucking hot boxing. <laughs> they're smoking weed. <laughs> smoking their glo- glaucoma. Yeah, mis- yeah, their medicinal marijuana. Totally. <laughs> um, <laughs> I, I think the present. I think you get reports that someone literally is doing dick in a box, but it's a huge misunderstanding in the end. Yeah. Uh, or maybe it's like, well, maybe we take it as like the pizza delivery man and, and you get multiple reports that like he's sticking his dick in the pizza, but actually it's just <laughs> someone didn't understand what they, what they meant when they ordered a sausage piece pizza and put a whole like hot dog in the, on there. And so when they open the box, <laughs> <laughs> a hot dog with two bits of cabinossi next to Yeah, it's exactly. Just- <laughs> it's just a, it's a huge, it's a huge misunderstanding. <laughs> And the cricket bat is like the crazy guy who comes at you with a cricket bat. Yeah, yeah. You just like that's the only time you, you, get, you get to use your nightstick on yeah. someone. Finally, cool. Oh, I like it. Um, yes, th- that's actually really cool. So go check out Game Train with yeah. Um, Thanks, Carl, Carl and Callan. And- yep. And uh, yeah, thank you for that. Check, check out that fine, fine gaming podcast. All right. Okay, let's go back over to Facebook because we've got a lot more there. <laughs> okay. Indeed. Um, Natalie Turner. Uh, said managing a national park. Now, this is right up my alley because you know I love these fucking management games. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> uh, but a national park is interesting because generally you're not going to be building stuff, right? You're sort of putting things in to protect stuff. And, and uh, so maybe this is less of like less of the sort of standard top down management game. And maybe this mm-hmm. is a bit more of a like a chill third person simul like walking not walking sim as such because uh, it's not necessarily narrative, but where you're kind of you're you're patrolling this national park and you are you you're doing things to manage it and making decisions, but it's not that standard like top down building kind of management. Mm-hmm. Um, and so yeah, I'm just uh, what sort of 
what sort of decisions do you have to make as a manager of a national park in a game like this? Do you let people camp? Do you- Oh, yeah. Do you let people camp? Um, like fishing season, to- hunting seasons- um, do you have to put out, like, warnings based on, you know, the number of bears around? Do you have to- Ooh, I'm, I'm just- I'm just picturing some other- some other things that, uh, like, you got to check out the trails every now and again. So, actually, sure now- actually all- Yeah. Well, now- Okay, now- now that I'm thinking of it. <laughs> now that I'm thinking of it, this is actually- I actually had a- an idea years back of a bit- It was actually more of the top-down management building sort of thing- but where mm-hmm. it's a bit- Did you ever play Sim Golf? Um, yeah, Sid Meier's- Is it Sim Golf? Um, uh, no, I didn't play it, but- um- It was just- It was interesting in that, like, the Sims- The little Sims that would come in, like, they'd literally play around a golf on your little golf courses that you'd created, yep. you know, on the grid or whatever. Uh, and so, yeah, like, years ago, I had an idea of, like, oh, I'd love to do that where- you're putting down like campsites, right? Uh, and you know, these ones are powered and these ones are just sort of roughing it. And this is the areas you're allowed to have campfires and there's a river going through here and here's where you can fish. And, but yeah, and then it's sort of, you simulate people coming in and camping and yep. obviously like getting mauled by a fucking bear or whatever, <laughs> whatever <laughs> happens. And you have to have enough rangers. Um, park rangers out there to deal with that sort of thing. And yeah, you set like the hunting seasons and stuff. Okay. But if you let too many in, then, you know, you can actually scare away all the wildlife sort of thing. And then no one wants to come to your park. Yeah. And- that's it. You've got to balance like, okay, you, you, you get some money. Obviously you get funding from the government and that's also contingent on sort of how well you're taking care of it. But you also need to boost that funding by people paying campsite fees. Yeah. Uh, oh, kind, kind of in the, um, hunting in the license in city sort of way of thinking, you know, you can have natural weather events. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Sort of come through. Yeah, and I think you've got um, seasons as well, right? Yeah. So, um, as soon as summer comes along, you know, bushfire is, is you know, one of the craziest things that can sort of come through and totally fuck up your area. Yeah. I mean, if you haven't set up your, if you haven't set up your campsites very well with um, ample, you know, parking and ample, yeah, that, like, fire trails yeah. and that sort of stuff. People get then trapped and- People are fucked and- Yeah, maybe you even have to deal know, with, like, Never fire- want to come back down to your- Maybe you even have to deal with, like, fire breaks and stuff. Like, where do you place fire breaks and- Ooh. And paths, yeah, like, like- that a lot. Different paths for the fire trucks to get through and stuff. Yeah, that's really cool. You could do some really cool stuff there. Uh, I'm not sure if that was the intentional to go down that sort of camping route, but I think if you're bringing people in for campsites, then- Yeah, because I kind of love this idea of really, like- Because I love- Little person AI, as they say, like just watching little people in your computer doing like going about their business. Uh, and obviously that's why something like the Sims is so, is so, uh, uh, interesting and so popular. But, um, you know, I guess a bit more of a, like a theme, um, roller, to- roller coaster tycoon did that really well where mm-hmm. you can click on a person and you can get a bunch of stats on them. It's like, how happy are they? What are they doing right now? You know, what are all the events they did? And so, I'd like that for this game where it's like, okay, I came in, I got assigned to this campsite. Oh, it's a bit small, so I'm not really happy about that. But, oh, it's right near the river, so that's good. I'm going to go fishing. You know, caught three fish, so my mood went up. But all of this is somewhat incidental. You can get that information, and it, it does drive the overall, you know, how well your your park is is received. But, yeah, it's it's- they they just kind of run their run themselves, but obviously because they're doing it on the things you built, it becomes interesting. 
Mm-hmm. Yeah. Ooh. Yeah. I'm. I'm. I'm definitely seeing. You know, being able to go top down as well as sort of going going in and sort of seeing what's go- what's happening in your in your sort of campsites and that sort of stuff. Yeah, but the only way you can do that is is you actually go in as a bear. <laughs> 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 so you, or a mosquito, if you want to get a bit more of a flying or a mosquito on the wall view. Um, yeah. <laughs> or maybe that's it. Actually, maybe that's the feature is you can just possess any, uh, like, forest creature to to go into first-person view and check things out from down there. That'd be fun. Yeah, that's that's really cool. Okay, so thank you to Natalie Turner. She's from the D1 DLC podcast. Yep, thank you very much. Well, um, just check out d1dlc.com for all of their, all of their stuff. Or search DLD1C on podcast, on Podchaser. <laughs> um, let's do another one off Facebook because we've only got two on the, um, on the old Twitters. Yep. So let's jump in. Okay. So thanks to previous host of the show. Yeah. Rowan. The platforms. Platforms, platforms of Pitfalls. Pitfalls. Um, you probably heard them earlier this year on our AGPN swap over episode. He came up with Bionic Commando, but it's an obtuse RPG. Now, I love me some Bionic Commando. Okay. Well, you're probably a little bit more. I have played some of it, both some of the side-scrolling reboot and some of the, uh, the, like the third person one that they did. Yep. Uh, so, back in the, like, 1990s, they had, like, a whole heap of NES games got turned into books. <laughs> okay. And throughout the books, they, they had all these um all these hints for the game and all this sort of stuff. I actually had- The Bionic Commando. Um, Bionic Commando book. Novel. And the, um, and the uh, Castlevania II Simon's Quest book. Nice. Um. And also Metal Gear. That must have been kind. I wonder if that was fun or excruciating for the for the author who got assigned that task. Yeah. (laughs) But so that whole idea of Bionic Commando was actually really quite um, interesting to me. At the start of the game, you only got the one grappling hook, but then later on in the in the game, you actually got a second grappling hook, and you could you know pretty much Spider Man all the way yeah all the all the way around. Well, if we're bringing this into obtuse RPG. Then I think the grappling hook makes the most sense for being, like, just ultimately customizable and switchable. Like, you can you you have to choose between upgrading, you know, all your different segments of your grappling hook and stuff. Um, yep. Now, I guess it depends how obtuse we want to go. <laughs> um, I I'm kind of seeing this as as like a vertical um, Dark Souls. Okay. In the fact that, um, you know, you can grapple up to, up to you know different floors of the building yeah. and all that sort of stuff, and sort of flick yourself around onto onto the next level. But any time that you go back to back to the start, you know the the um the enemies get respawned and all that sort of stuff. So let's think about the combat. Are we thinking? Are we thinking real time combat? Are we thinking? Yeah. Okay. Yeah, I'm thinking very much. Um, very much your uh, Dark Souls Z, but um, based more off firearms and grappling hook. Yeah. Okay. Okay. That's cool. I like the idea of 
you're basically replacing the whole roll to dodge, roll all the time in Dark Souls with just grapple all the time. <laughs> yeah. It's like you think you're about to get attacked, grapple, 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 grapple. Uh, oh, yeah, the whole the whole thing is grapple. Yeah. Um, so there's no such thing as dodging. It is you can dodge up, and that's by grappling into the <laughs> ceiling and well, I think you can. Up. I think you can maybe dodge, but like the animation is he like reaches over and grapples till he's left and pulls himself to that like that direction. Yeah. Okay. Yep. Uh, okay, and and then and then uh, from an RPG standpoint, like where we're generally talking like skill trees, equipment, uh, perks, fucking XP, all that sort of shit. Yep. Um, I'm certainly thinking that there's, there's, you know, um, on, on your actual grappling hook, like I'm seeing that there's going to be like three prongs. Each prong has like, um, is it, skill points. Has its own properties. To. Yeah. Um, because if you, if you just up, upgrade the top prong, but not the, not the bottom <laughs> left and the bottom right prong, then it's just over the top, you know, it's like, um, Kind of like if you ever see a thumb wrestler who's got these these massive what? muscles around the thumb. I have and not like seen the fingers that. Are all- That's not a real thing. <laughs> I'm just saying. There are people who are. I believed you for a second. I was totally ready to believe you that there are like professional thumb wrestlers, like wrestlers over there who like skipped finger day, right? And so they've just got this totally over the over compensated thumb, over over exercise, over thumb. Uh, no, I like mm-hmm. that. Well, like I'm, I'm almost thinking of the three uh, prongs as your slots, right? They're, they, they are their own slots. You've got, a, you've got prong slots, uh, and so you can buy like different prongs that will have different properties. But maybe mm-hmm. you have to balance it. Like maybe they've got weights to really keep, like, go down this obtuse path where you can't. Yep. You have to keep the center of of mass of that thing like relatively close to the center, otherwise. Yeah, you're going to fuck up all your grappling because it'll, like, veer left. <laughs> yeah. Uh, but, you know, if you've got the really kick-ass- Like, you might have a really kick-ass fucking uh, laser prong, uh, but it's pretty heavy oh, because yeah. it needs that huge battery in there. And so, you just, like, you have to buy some super chunky but basic bottom prongs to, like, balance it out. And they're actually going to do less damage, but because you want to use your sick laser one- yeah, mm-hmm. you, you have to keep it balanced. And then we didn't even go Ooh. into guns. Yeah. Um, well, guns, like every single gun has different like points that you can attribute. So, uh, well, are I we think. thinking- Because I, I haven't played a lot of the Dark Souls or Dark, Dark Souls-esque games. Um, do you upgrade your equipment to that? Or is it more that you just get different equipment that has different stats? Um, well, you don't upgrade the equipment in that. No, you upgrade yourself and then that- you know, oh, um, and then your equipment's more effective based on your own stats. But it's obtuse, so I'm thinking, yeah, of course you you're doing absolutely everything. <laughs> yeah, yeah, you've got like yeah, you're adding fucking uh, uh, accessories and things to your guns. It's not accessories when it's guns. <laughs> I don't think you call them accessories. <laughs> I mean, like laser sights and silences, silences and, and different stocks loudness. <laughs> yeah, totally. <laughs> now I'm just picturing a stealth game where the where the hard mode is. It's got a loudener on it. <laughs> this isn't Bionic Comboido. It's Bionic Commando. You got to be loud. 
<laughs> All right. Oh, I shit. think we will move on. Shall we grab <laughs> the other one we have on Twitter here? No, no, no. We said that we do. Oh, we're um, going to do another we Facebook. We do three. Okay, okay, okay. Because then we've got two oh, Facebooks to finish oh, off. You just want to even it out. That's fine. All right. So we shall move on to the next one from a Mr. Brendan. A Miss Day. From a Mr. Brendan White of the Hungry Gamers and uh, an 8 bit in general. And uh, he has given us the wonderful idea of bionic women riding robot dinosaurs. Ooh. So I like this. I like this because it's, you've got a little bit of both in that. It's not just bionic women. The fucking dinosaurs no. are robots too. Yeah. Uh, but they're not bionic dinosaurs. Like these aren't dinosaurs that have been upgraded with technology. <laughs> these are no, robot they're, dinosaurs they're robots, that were created so. from scratch. So let's. So this, this is in the future. Uh, no, I thought we'd said it in the past with the bionic women and robot dinosaurs. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, okay. <laughs> this is that in the future. But what's happened? Like, okay. what's caused this wonderful hellscape? Well, it doesn't have to be a hellscape. It could be, it could actually be a really pleasant place to live. Uh, what is called, but what, what has brought us to this point? Okay. So, what has happened in this world is finally the, um, the Y chromosome has broken down to a point where, like, Literally, men in this world are, are non-existent. Women finally figured out how to procreate between themselves, and men yep. became obsolete. Gotcha. And basically, when, when, whenever whenever they want to um, have a baby, they flick a switch, and a, a clone starts growing within them. Well, is this- Yeah, okay. Because this is obviously where the bionics come in. Yeah. Do they get to inseminate each other? <laughs> I guess I guess that it, I guess you don't want that. It's not. It's, it's not like everyone. It's not like they've all become uh, necessarily attracted to other women. So, um, okay. So they've upgraded their uteruses to the point where they don't need semen, basically. Yeah. Do and so to it, keep the genetic diversity, are they able to like take the DNA from someone else and mix it with their own? Um. Maybe, yeah, oh, maybe this is the two factions. Maybe this is why they need fucking robot dinosaurs to fight each other. Yeah. One faction of this world thinks that they should, cre- you know, create the, keep the gene pool strong and only just continue to clone themselves. Mm-hmm. The other faction thinks, no, we need to diversify and, uh, and they want to create children from combining their DNA in the old style. Um, perhaps yeah. the, the, the clone, uh, faction thinks that that's too dangerous and we might accidentally breed a man. <laughs> <laughs> but, um, but they're kind of like flat earthers, you know, they don't, they don't understand the idea that, um, you know, science actually says these, these clones are based solely off the XX chromosomes. You know, it, there's no Y in there. There's no way. Right. So a, they're just fear-mongering, basically. They don't understand the science. Yeah. No. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> All right, that's interesting. That's cool. So I, I'm seeing this as pretty much like a almost a Horizon Zero Dawn sort of. Yeah, I mean, yeah, and not just because of robot dinosaurs. Not not just because of the dinosaurs. This time you're actually riding them. So um, she rides someone. I'm just imagining these herds of of dinosaurs, and you go out um, early on in this in this game. You're actually you're sent out to uh, go and bond with your your. Bionic dinosaur. It's sort of like, um, sort of like Harry Potter where the, the wand chooses the wizard. Well, the dinosaur chooses the, the bionic woman. Uh, 
It's okay. I feel like it is a bit Horizon Zero Dawn. Like, I was almost thinking that, like, these were just Robodon. Like, they're just tools. Um, I, was, I also was thinking maybe only- or maybe is only- it kind of like a lightsaber where you go to build your own? Oh, yeah, that's better. <laughs> I like that. You have to go out and find, the, like, build your own robot dinosaur. Um, yeah. And it look, it doesn't have to be a dinosaur. I think one faction tends towards dinosaurs because they just think they're badass. Uh, and then maybe the other faction is something else. Yeah, they tend towards cars. And it's just right. kind of shit. It's like fucking it's like Mad Max. They've got, they've got no imagination. <laughs> <laughs> and that's the clone. That's the- the the uh the single parent faction yeah. yeah I like that fucking some fury road shit going on versus dinosaurs oh yeah and then is it just oh, yeah. mostly like obviously we've set the narrative scene is it mostly just combat now is this a fucking like vehicular combat game for the most part ooh like that could ooh. be cool I do like that idea you know a bit of a bit of mech warrior a bit of interstate seventy six a bit of yeah but I think. Everything, unlike, unlike in, um, like Fury Road and that sort of stuff where everything's just desert. Oh, I'm no. Thinking yeah, I think, um, they haven't fucked up the entire world with, well, the like, men died out. War. They fucking saved the world. Yeah. <laughs> um, so the entire, the entire world is just lush. Yeah. Actually, um, I really like that idea. This isn't a post apocalyptic world. This is almost a utopia, except that they've got this fucking polarizing, uh, topic, like polarizing decision. About their lives that has unfortunately broken down into into violence. Okay, and so here is the kicker: okay. when you're out getting your final piece of your dinosaur, you come across like this old building, and when you when you get in there, like it's like a cryogenic facility. Oh shit! And there's literally you you hit a button and out stumbles a, penis. a guy. <laughs> the, <laughs> the the only man in existence. So there's a bit of why the last man. Have you read that series? It's no. really good. Uh, yeah, yeah, okay. And so- I, I just- Do you need to decide- I, I kind of like the idea that- Whether to protect them? Well, I, I think- <laughs> um, I I kind of want to, want to see whether this is a guy who is, like, the worst human being on the planet, <laughs> or whether this is, a, this is a guy who- Is actually, like, a good person. A, a decent human being. Yeah, um, yeah it could- be interesting in both ways. Do uh, do we create some situation where they need this guy's genetic material in some way? Like, from a certain biological standpoint, uh, you know, they've lasted this long, but the gene pool is dwindling and they need a fresh injection of, of like, Y chromosome. As we sort of know that, like, a copy of a copy of a copy, like, you're going to get diminishing returns. And so there's- some issues with with the cloning technique and in 30 generations right everything's going to be out and you find out that there's actually more of these cryogenic facilities all over the world or all, all over this okay. all over this area and you can you basically go I wonder um, if so it could be interesting if the clone faction they're actually surviving okay as long as every woman clones themselves right because they've got the cloning well, process down uh, from- as long as every woman in you know mixes no 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 whatever, i'm saying whichever. i'm saying that the people who are just cloning themselves literally their own dna they're fine mm-hmm. they've got rules in place they're not allowed to create more than one copy of themselves i mean i, I know they'd just be like twins but like yeah. they they're kind of just they've got they are much stricter they've got these rules in place it's like every woman before she died like before the age of something you know 30 must Kick off her clone. No, must. not must. No, no, must. Not no, must. no, no. In this situation, I think 
and I know there are issues there around fucking bodily autonomy, but this is a sci-fi fucking future thingy where that this is how they're surviving. This is how they're keeping their faction alive is they're replacing themselves. Mm-hmm. Whereas the other side, they have a much more traditional method of raising children with multiple parents where they combine their DNA again through the cloning process. But unfortunately, because of that and the mixing of genes and such in that situation, it's created like their gene pool is too limited and it's creating issues. Yeah. Because when you mix in that small, like the big problem with mixing in a small gene pool is like the recessive genes and all the issues like sort of work their way to the top. At least yeah. I, that's just, that's what I'm as far as I'm aware. Whereas a direct clone, like you kind of you've you've got that one line of of DNA that you sort of already yep. know is good in a sense. There's definitely some <laughs> tricky tricky fucking ethical <laughs> things to work out there, but just from a general idea, I kind of like I'm, that. I'm kind of I'm kind of like on the on the cusp of it's recommended that um by this by this age and. You know, everyone's sort of going along. Well, but with I think it, but- I'm kind of thinking they're the bad guys. I'm kind of thinking that the strict clone only people—they're fucking fascists, basically. By this point, mm-hmm. and yeah, they are—they are because there are elements of eugenics in that as well. Um, and so they are fought like they are saying, you know, you, you basically if you if you reach a certain age where you're too old to bear ch- a child, then you get like exiled and you end up joining the other side. Mm-hmm. But you're playing on um, the on the side of the the the, the like the good team <laughs> who are more ethical, and that's why you f- you are searching for these facilities because you are you need the the DNA that's inside. It happens that there are a lot of men in there, and that's also why the other side is trying to stop you because they're also like militant about like no, we can't bring men back into this world. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I really do like this idea. I think it's really cool, and the fact that it's all lush and yeah, you know, I like that idea. That and I mean, I know that we with a with a whole fascist faction, we kind of moved away from the utopia idea. But no, they're they're taking care of the planet. They're taking care of the world. They've got technology. Uh, yeah, but yeah, there's um, yeah. I'm just I'm just seeing that you got like the religious sort of group, and then you've got the you got the non-religious side of things, <laughs> and the religious group are kind of fucking everything up. Well, and that's basically yes. what the clone-only faction, like the clone faction is, I think, is they're kind of- They're a bit more of uh, devout, you know, strict rules around these things, but they're misguided. They're coming- It's yep. coming- It's not coming from a place of logic. Cool. Okay. We do need to move that on. That was really cool. <laughs> Thank you so much, Brendan. Yes, that was an awesome one. We shall move over to Twitter now. So, we have- Mrs. Lalante has given us a, a, a pitch from Twitter. Uh, Mrs. Lalante of the Inconsolables and of her own Twitch stream, which we were on a little while back on her fun improv show, Technical Time. Uh, the words- sh- If you haven't checked that out, you have to yes, check it out. Yes, go and check out Technical Time. Um, it's so funny. Technical Time, especially our episode. It was really- It was a great time. She's given us four words to, to spark our imaginations. Tentacle. Mm-hmm. Kawaii. Firebird, noodles. Ooh. Now, okay. You and I aren't big anime guys. Uh, no. So I'm taking tentacle, tentacle, as in Day of the Tentacle. Ooh. Okay. Yeah. We're going into LucasArts territory. LucasArts ter- territory. Bernard has found a phoenix, hence Firebird. Okay. <laughs> while he was out getting uh, like pot noodles. <laughs> All right. Oh, and. And it's and it, but it, the phoenix has like giant eyes. It's very kawaii, as yep. far as I understand the, the meaning of that word. Yeah, 
Is this okay? I like actually. I like the idea that it's literally like it's drawn because obviously Day of the Tentacle is very uh, sort of uh, cartoony style, but this mm-hmm. is drawn in a very anime-like style, and you find out yep. it's been like genetically engineered by the Edisons. By the Edisons. Yes. Yep. Yes. Yes. I like this a lot. Okay. That kicks off the adventure. Yeah. And so, you're going back to the mansion full of maniacs. <laughs> okay. Yeah. I think, obviously, you, you do have to go back to the mansion, but to avoid retreading too much, I think you've got to switch it around a fair bit somehow. Like, it's not just the same layout and stuff as before. No, no, no. And you don't spend the whole the whole game there this time either. Yeah. Okay. Um, I think what's actually happened is Dr. Fred has actually- He's tapped into this other world, and that's where the phoenix has sort of escaped from. It's like an anime world. Oh, see, I was going. What's the what's the son who is a bit uh, who's got the stamp collection? Oh crap, Ed Edison. Ed Edison. Weird Ed. Weird Ed. Yeah, okay. Weird Ed Edison. I was kind of thinking like he's got into anime, <laughs> and so he's like snuck into into um, the doctor's. Fucking Fred. He's Fred. Fred Edison, right? Is the doctor. Yeah. Into his lab and like- Fred, Edna, and Weird Ed. Right. (laughs) They're all Eds. (laughs) Yeah. Ed, Ed, and Ed. Uh, He snuck into the doctor's lab and like genetically engineered- He's starting Mm -hmm. to genetically engineer creatures to be anime creatures uh, because he's gotten into anime. But now it's causing chaos because they're getting loose. Mm -hmm. Um, Um. Okay, so I think the green tentacle has actually been, like, taken into into the anime world. So, that you have to go back in uh, to the anime world. So, there's to- still an- So, you're saying there's still an anime world? Um, I think, it, the, like, the third- the third act is- is in there. Okay. So, okay. So, is the genetically engineering thing maybe a, a red herring where you yeah, think he's it- engineering them, but it turns out they open a portable- portal to another dimension? Yeah, because okay. he didn't. He didn't want his his dad to find out that he actually stole him from like another universe, sort of thing. Right. Okay. Okay. You know, actually, there's want, some he cool. Wanted to impress his yeah, dad. Yeah, there's some cool stuff there. He's like, Dad, I genetically engineered these creatures, and Dad's like really proud of him. When actually it turns out that he just like spilt some coke on a machine and opened a dimensional portal to an anime world. <laughs> yep. <laughs> <laughs> and I think one of the other things that you you need to get from from this anime world is like his stamp collection because that was okay that like was it fell through from the uh okay that's i really like that that's cool i don't think we'll go too far in fleshing out the rest of the story just because we're running low on time but i love the idea yeah okay so day of the tentacle sequel uh bernard goes back to the mansion after finding a, an anime phoenix at a noodle shop how does mm-hmm. he know to go to the mansion? Does he just assume anything weird? Or does he take it to the mansion oh, to, it, to, to ask Dr. Fred about it? Um, against his better I, I judgment. Th- I, think, I, I think if you if you actually have a look at, like, the leg, it's got, like, a little tag on it saying, um, if found, please return to- <laughs> Right. Because um, keeping it a, he's keeping it as a pet, basically. Even these things as yep. pets. Okay. See, so he, go, he goes back to the mansion and- yeah, sort of, again, in, in classic adventure game style, starts discovering what's going on. Ed has all these anime creatures. 
He says that he's been genetically engineering him, engineering them. His dad's real proud of him all of a sudden. And you can have all this great, like, daddy son stuff going on where finally his dad loves him. Mm-hmm. Um, but then, yeah, you find out somehow, wait a sec, they actually came from the dimensional portal. Maybe the, maybe they break through because basically he's been taking like the kids of these creatures and then like the fucking mama phoenix come, like breaks through. <laughs> It's this giant mm-hmm. kick-ass anime phoenix. And, yeah, you discover, all right, fuck, okay. And then you need Green Tentacle's help to to get them all back and close the close the door, the dimensional door. And, of course, when you get to the final end of the game, you find out that the, the purple tentacle is actually back. And- um, Or the anime version of the purple tentacle. He's <laughs> 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 like- <laughs> These, Dimen- a dimensional you know, twin, huge, cute eyes and huge, huge, cute stuff. suckers on the eyes, <laughs> on the on the tentacle. Yeah, <laughs> yep. all right, oh, God. love it, love it, love it. That's cool. All right, <laughs> moving on. Uh, okay, so I think we're we've yep we've gone through our Twitter ones. So we're back to the last couple on Facebook. Dane PV from Eight uh, Bits has sent through uh, an idea here. And his pitch is a Celtic warrior living in Japan. Now, ooh, this is cool. I know little of either of these cultures. <laughs> <laughs> okay. So, I, I sort of see this as, like, if I think of the Celts, I sort of think um, Stonehenge. Okay. So, I'm thinking that um, this is back in the day where um, Stonehenge was actually a fully- activated like portal to different different places on the planet so that um, people could travel around really really quickly but like this is a young warrior who gets um launched into into like feudal japan okay okay you are a you're a celtic warrior in Mm -hmm. england you're you're fighting around like there's some battle going on around stonehenge yeah which at this point is already pretty old right yeah like what what is the sort of Celtic warrior timeline, 12th to 6th centuries BC, 6th to 1st centuries. So, yeah, okay. So, but even that's a, it's like fucking 2,000 years after fucking Stonehenge was built. God damn, that's old. Um, yeah. But I'm, I'm thinking at this, in this, in this particular thing, like, uh, Stonehenge is fully activated and, and, you know, you've got the outer rings and all that sort of stuff. And basically each, um, each doorway is like a is like a doorway to to another world or to another. So, do another these people, the, do these warriors the and stuff, know about Stonehenge? Like, they know that it's is this is this yes. is this a time fucking two and a half three thousand years ago when Stonehenge was basically used like a fucking stargate to just like get places. Yeah, <laughs> okay. It's basically used as a stargate to, but um, it's a world gate. Yeah, to get like different it, it places around the world. Travel. All right. It's yeah. like the hub. Travel around the world. Okay. This is interesting. All right. So, this is <laughs> this is a part of history that's just been completely lost to us, where it turns out- And Stonehenge is basically the only thing that's left. Stonehenge was like the LAX. Built by the Atlanteans. It was like the LAX of the world. It was like the central hub where you had to- As I said, built by the Atlanteans. Sure. And because they were- Absolutely freaking amazing technical geniuses. So, um, okay, because I love this idea then that there are, yeah, there are other portals around the world, but they, they all go to Stonehenge. So, to get between anywhere else, you have to go via Stonehenge. 
And that's why it's in a circle yep. like that. It's basically you've just got all these masses of people just like coming out one portal, going into another all day long. Yeah. So, I'm thinking what actually happens at the start of this is that you're there as basically a guard. You're like a security guard. Yeah. Okay. You're a security guard. You're just you're just a young warrior who's who's just been put on put on the shift, has sort of fallen asleep, but then like someone comes in and attacks. So as as you're fighting them, you get sort of knocked into a um into one of the portals. Yep. You end up in Japan, and the portal shuts off instantly, and you're trapped in in Japan. Sure, where yep. you where you don't know the language. You um you basically got all these samurai after you. You've got horseback, and then it turns into sort of like a um like a Red Dead Redemption sort of thing, where you know having to get get a horse, get away from this area and try to find like a Celtic warrior who was um who was stationed in Japan and that's your um that's your whole journey because they they will be able to um turn the portal back on because they've they've got the um they've got like the activation device right now to at risk of screwing this up completely mm-hmm. I suspect Japan. I'm not sure they started making. I'm not sure samurai like they didn't make metal tools until like 100 BC, and then but the Celts like were around like hundreds of years before that. Anyway, I'm not going to do a history history lesson. That's fine. This is the lost history. Yeah. Okay. Okay. <laughs> All right. All of that is gone to. S- I haven't told you about Act Three yet. <laughs> All right. Continue. Where the aliens attack. Cont- the aliens attack. Yeah. <laughs> That and they destroy. They take well, not the Atlanteans attack. They're like, you fucked up the use of our technology. We're going to take it all back, and that's why there's no trace of it today, yep. except for like what's left of giant rocks and things. <laughs> what's left of LAX? I mean, Stonehenge. STX. Have we just found the? Have we just found the name of the episode? LAX. No, I mean Stonehenge. I just think Stonehenge International, Stonehenge Exchange, or something. I don't know. Stonehenge <laughs> International Portal Hub. Yeah. <laughs> all right. All right. Let's move on. We've got one more left. And it's a good one. Oh, we haven't talked about what happens in Japan yet. Oh, sorry. Okay. I was I was distracted by figuring out whether our timelines were correct. <laughs> okay. So, Celtic Warrior uh, trips through the portal, finds himself in Japan, Red Dead Redemption-y- in the, in the middle of a battle. Like, there's just a right. massive battle going on. Right. And so, you've got this um, great scene where you're just having to, like, duck and dodge and attack and- um, Yeah. So, uh, you basically got to get out of there and you sort of see, like, um, you, you look around everywhere, but you can't find, you know, the guard that was supposed to be posted on this side. Right, right, right. And- and you know, you know that that's the only way back now. Now that the portal's down, um, right? Oh, and maybe so. Like, maybe each maybe each side of the portal has one local guard and one Atlantean guard. Yeah, and the Atlanteans have like all this technology, right? And so there, because I'm just thinking, there's going to be a language barrier. And I actually really like the idea of starting this off with a language barrier where you literally can't understand anybody here. Yeah, but your first goal oh, then, is to track then down through the talking. You you start learning words and and like. Well, perhaps, but I was more um, thinking you track down the Atlantic and he's like, "Here, I've got a universal translator." <laughs> <laughs> uh, but until then, you can't understand people, and you're mostly having to having to just do it through kind of charades. Okay, so are we actually saying in this world like Atlanteans are actually not human at all? 
but they're actually like aliens. Um, well, maybe not even aliens. Maybe they're just another species that. that oh, okay. Um, they're like in a more advanced sapiens. Yeah, like like a like a sort of dinosaur that that grew into into like a humanoid thing or something like that, and they've just got um, really smart brain, mm-hmm. or maybe they're. Maybe they're- um, Oh, I like the idea that they're dinosaur creatures. That's cool. Just because, like, yeah, like, dinosaurs evolved and they have, have had millions and millions more years than us to evolve. And yep. they eventually evolved into these hyper-intelligent, technologically advanced creatures. And then at the end of this game, when we fuck it all up, they basically erase themselves from our fossil records in history. Yeah. yeah. That's cool. And, and and basically, they they you see them plant, like, some, some um you know- Dodgy um, dinosaur records, just to, well, or just like, just to sort of, or l- they leave all the old ones because, like, that's their actual ancestors. But they plant yeah. dodgy asteroid signs of an asteroid, so yeah. that we've got some. Like, they've got plausible deniability for why they're not around anymore. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Oh, I really. That's like cool. That. <laughs> that's cool. And actually, I re- yeah, I really like that idea of the kind of cross between uh, the very you know medieval and feudal Japan sort of thing. Uh, with these little technological aspects of these Atlanteans going around, and they've got, you know, they've got this tech. Uh, oh, you know, you know what I want. One of the Atlanteans is like a um, is like a weapons dealer, and is like actually, you know, making all the weapons for these these two sides mm. of this of this war. Mm. Basically, trying to incite something, right? And maybe that maybe they're even the reason that like this whole thing goes to shit. Like the Atlanteans have been peaceful up to this point. Um, and they don't generally yep. deal with weapons, but-, but working in the working in the shadows, sort yeah, of thing. yeah. Ah, oh, that's cool. That's cool. They've seen that the humans are are, are like, um, you know, aggressive, and they're too aggressive. So why not turn them on each other so that they don't turn around and rise up against? Right. Them? Okay. That's the. Yep. Gotcha. That's cool. That's cool. I like that. I like that a lot. Love it. Cool. All right. Let's move on to our final idea of the evening. And this one comes- Not our final idea. No, no. The final idea that we will be attempting, uh, given to us by Mr. Ryan Betson, uh, who was on our- Go check out episode 150th episode from PAX, exactly, and uh, from the the pop culturists. And his idea is father and son wrestling journey, which I love. Uh, Mm -hmm. And he has has expanded in a, in a, um, a response that he means pro wrestling. Which is good because okay. that was the area I was going to go. Anyway, despite, again, disclaimer, yeah. knowing fuck all about it. Yes. We're not wrestling aficionado, whatever the We're fuck not that wrestling thing fish. Is. <laughs> We're not wrestling fanatics. We're not wrestling fish tomatoes. We-, <laughs> we don't know anything about it, but we're going to attempt it anyway. <laughs> <laughs> now I have to keep in my dodgy <laughs> saying yes, of aficionados. <laughs> it's like the place check over. Uh- <laughs> <laughs> Damn you. Just trying to hide that in the edit. <laughs> All right. So we're not we're not gonna utilize any real wrestlers or or fucking wrestling federations or whatever, because we don't know anything about them. But we know the general gist yeah. of wrestling, big, brash. You got your heroes, you got your heels, you got your music, you got your lights, you got your fucking bashing, fake bashing each other into into floors and things. So, father mm-hmm. and son wrestling journey. Is this 
Is this a is this a journey of a father and son into the fandom of wrestling or as wrestlers themselves? Hmm. I do kind of like the idea of it. It's um, it's uh, a father passing on like his fanatical nature, like to his son. Like, um, it's something that his father, you know, taught him to love of wrestling and travelled around with with all the different wrestling shows that went around the country. Yeah, went to every single one. Yeah, or like the sh- over over like a or like the small like indie wrestling festivals. <laughs> Before they became the big multi-international ones. I don't know. Like I said. Okay. Uh, No, I like that. I like that. That's cool. Does the son become a wrestler, though? Like, is this- And and where does the drama come from? Is the son not into it initially? Like- Um, Well, I think think it's like- This is the father's last chance to to sort of um, bond with his son because he's got like a cancer diagnosis or something like that. Okay. Okay. And so it's it's like this journey that starts, you know, sort of in the middle of it. You don't know exactly why this journey is going down. You just know that, you know, this father and son have not sort of talked for quite a while. Okay. So you've got some, sort of like a, a somewhat estranged father and father-son relationship. I like the yep. idea that the first scene of the game is like they're in the car, like cuts into yep. that sort of front on view through the front windscreen of them in the car. And there's just silence. This is sort of this awkward, silence, awkward silence. And you see around them all these cars because they're in a car park of like a big stadium. Oh, okay. And they're about to get out and go into- and Go into into, a sh- into their like first show of the trip or something. Yeah. Okay. That's cool. And so, we're sort of talking a bit of uh, like dialogue based kind of- Do you play the son or the father or both? Um, I kind of like the idea that you, you're you playing the father. Okay. So, you know, you're you're trying to- Trying to say the right thing Ooh, to get your son into. I like the idea. And I think- um, So, I recently played a bit of After Party, which is by the same people who did Oxenfree. And a oh, lot yeah, of that yeah, is yeah, around yeah. just, you know, you've got a few dialogue choices at different moments. But sometimes they'll do it where you're like, you select a dialogue choice, you can't actually select it. Like, there, or there are only situations, certain situations where you can select it. So, I love the idea of doing through dialogue trees. Like, there are a few things that he would like to say to his son- but he but, can't find the words. Yeah, for it. but you can't say like you can't say those because there's all this history and there's toxic masculinity and there's you know different things that get in the way. And so doing that like you're kind of showing what he's thinking without actually having that in a monologue. Uh, yeah, I really like that idea. That's cool. And so yeah, they have like a little conversation. And so does the son know the father has cancer yet? I think no. Yeah. I think this is this is sort of like. The father didn't want to guilt the son into yeah. into coming on this journey. It was more just a just something that he brought up, you know, saying that well, but oh, then is, my father does the took me on, son on a journey want to like this. Be and, here, or is he kind of a bit pissy about it? A bit pissy about it, I think. Yeah, you know, wanted to, wanted to spend time playing Fortnite. Um, well, wait, how old is this son? Because I was kind of thinking grown, like I was trying to sort of thinking more grown, okay, like married and sort of. But we could go teen. Okay. We could go teenage with the younger dad. That's. Yeah, I think we just had different things in mind there. I was kind of thinking like, yeah. mm, like fifty-five-year-old sort of thinking- dad and twenty-seven-year-old kid or something, right? Like married, maybe has has one kid of their own. You know, wife pressured him to go on this trip because it's like you should really get to know your dad better. Um, See, whereas I was th- sort of thinking fifty-seven-year-old uh, dad and seventeen-year-old. Right, son. he's got okay. <laughs> had had the sunlight. Had the sunlight. I mean, that's fine. Like. Second marriage, they didn't have kids in the first one. 
But oh, like, yeah, yeah got married. Or may- maybe it's maybe it's um, he is the son from the first marriage because then it's there's a reason as to why he hasn't spent that much time with him. Sort of. Okay. Thing. Okay. Yeah. 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 All right. Like they had the son, but then quit. Like split up pretty soon after that. Mother got custody. Now he's like seventeen. Yeah. This is like fifteen years later after the divorce. Yep. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, that could be cool. All right. All right. Yeah, let's do that then. And then you've got a bit more of that. Yeah, like I mean, it's a different vibe. A teen, a teenager coming around and learning to love their father is a little is different to you know a, a, a an adult coming around and realizing certain things about their father. Like there's a very different perspective there. But yeah, I think that's oh, yeah, powerful like, from both ways. So. My 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 perspective now is so much better than what it was sort of um, back when I was seventeen. Like yeah, and look, and that's now I now I know exactly. What my father was going through. Well, and that's obviously why I was more relating to like an older son. Yeah. Uh, But but there's no reason why we couldn't actually make this two trips, like one at seventeen and one like uh, recreating the the journey like fifteen years later, sort of thing. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Well, maybe we like like flashback, like go back and forth between them, even go back and forth between them, and that's cool, actually. You know, trying to recreate um, some of the adventures and and you know mm. what what turned them around back back then and became brought them together a little bit further. So okay, so they um, had what ended up being this really great trip like fifteen years ago hmm. when the kid was seventeen. And now the father's trying to recreate it. And again, like back then, the kid didn't really want to go, but like quickly got into wrestling as <laughs> part of this and actually really bonded. But then once the trip was over, like. His wife moved away or something with the kid, and so they sort of fell out of contact again. And yeah, like yep. they've seen each other, you know, once every year or two for the past fifteen years. But now yep. he's got this cancer diagnosis, and he's so he's reached out. He's like, "Hey, like, let's do that road trip again. Yep. That's cool. I like it." So the way I want this to sort of end is sort of like it then flashes forward another fifteen years, and uh, it's the, the son, son taking now his out with kid, his yeah. kid, unlike. Um, this is our fifth time out on this journey. So like they do it every every year or something. Every year. Yeah. Like that um, you know, this whole thing hasn't been for nothing. Yeah. Um, it's actually, you know, made it made him think about why uh what he needs to do to, to actually be, you know, a a good father. Yeah. That's cool. I really like that. Um, so yep. let just to just and I know we're basically out of time and that's that's pretty good already, but just to get a sense of the general gameplay, it's obviously going to be very narrative-based, mostly dialogue-based. Um, you know, I think you do have a lot of these scenes in the car where you just kind of, you know, have these discussions back and forth. What do the what does it look like? You know, when you go into the wrestling matches and stuff, or or do we purely set this in the like make this real indie, fewer as few assets as possible? All the scenes are just through the front windshield of the car. With, like, yeah, the background like changing, things in the car changing, the car itself changing uh, between the different- Well, maybe it's the, the car same, itself doesn't It's the change. same car. It's yeah, but, like, car. you see, like, it's the wear and tear on it changing, right? Uh, yep. When you jump between the different time periods. Um, that's- I actually really like that a lot. And, like, as they go along this trip, you sort of see the wrestling memorabilia, like, building up in the back seat behind them and stuff. Mm-hmm. Um, but you never actually get to see any and, yeah, wrestling they, matches. They just talk about it. They're them. sort of talking about the wrestling match and, and how good the wrestling oh, yeah, match is. Yeah. You can sort of see that 
that's what they're really excited about. And then when, when it gets a little bit more serious, mm, all they start talking about other yeah. stuff. They shut down on it. Everything sort of, um, well, the, the sun starts shutting down in the, in the earlier one. Mm-hmm. Like, mm-hmm. um, the father gets a bit teary in the older one. Oh, and-, and I love that idea that like options that you had near the beginning of the trip that were not open, like open up near the end. Yep. Like that could be a really cool moment where you like reveal that you can, you yeah, can say this now. You can like, you can tell your son you love him or tell him that you have cancer or like whatever, like at the appropriate moment when you've bonded well enough and feel more comfortable doing that. Yeah. That's really fucking yeah, I, cool. I, I see this as a, as like a, a real tear jerk. Absolutely. That would rock. And I'm sorry, Ryan, but like we didn't actually get a lot of actual wrestling in there, but the basis is wrestling here. Like this is what they're oh, bonding yeah. over. Teaching them see, to we're, we're not we're not fish tornadoes of <laughs> of um of wrestling, exactly. but we are uh, fish tornadoes of father son relationships. <laughs> That's it, both directions, man. All right, uh, yeah. So we we will finish it off there. Uh, if you want to find us online, we are at podchaser.com slash bitstorm. Go there, leave reviews and ratings. Go and rate this episode. Tell us what you thought, particularly. If you were one of the people who sent in a suggestion, tell us what you thought. I'd love to hear what you thought of what we did with your game idea. Leave it as a review. Uh, check so, uh, check out our creator profiles on there too and see all the other shows we've been on, including some of the shows uh, from the people who gave suggestions tonight. We are also part of the 8-Bit Collective. This is a group of podcasts uh, around video gaming and pop culture. Check out some of those great casts at 8bit.net. And a big, big, Big thank you to the Australasian Gaming Podcast Network, without whom this episode wouldn't have been possible, because they came up with, uh, what was it, 70% of the ideas, (laughs) or whatever it was. Um, Yeah, so check out the Australasian Gaming Podcast Network on Facebook, or check out at AGP Network on Twitter. And finally, we'd like to thank Curadust for the use of the song Mount Defiance of the album Containment Failure. Thank you, everyone. That was that was an overwhelming response for the few hours uh, that I had there uh, before recording. Since I put it up, um, really, really appreciate the, uh, the suggestions. I think we felt some really cool stuff in there. And uh, yeah, hey, everyone, have a fucking happy new year, and I hope you had a good Christmas. And twenty twenty is going to be fun as long as. The world doesn't burn down. Uh, but we'll be here. We'll be here releasing episodes every week, as they have been doing for the past few years. Mm-hmm. So, until then, till the world burns down, <laughs> thank you for joining us this week on Bitstorm. I'm Ben Slinger. I'm Travis Scott. And I'm off to upgrade my grappling hook. <laughs>